destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion. Have compassion on us and help us. And I like the way it says it in the New Living Translation. Jesus answered unto him with incredulity and said, If I can do anything. In other words, you, first of all, you have to believe that I can do it. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out, said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, sing unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. When he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? Here Jesus performed one of the many miracles in the New Testament. As we study the New Testament, we see God's power at work among people through the manifest, the manifestation of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And um, Jesus was presented with many situations and difficulties and sicknesses and diseases and spiritual oppressions. And each time the Lord Jesus Christ was victorious because Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. There is no thing no spirit, no sickness, no disease, nothing at all that is more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody believe that? Yeah. And if you are here today and you are needing something from God, you need to know that He's real. You need deliverance. If you haven't experienced His Spirit living on the inside of you, you need to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's real. And it's a wonderful experience. But there's two very important questions that, sh that need to be asked that Jesus uh, indirectly asked this man. These two important questions are going to determine whether you can receive from God what it is that you need, whatever it is that you need. There, there's a powerful touch of God's Spirit in this place today. Praise and worship has produced the presence of the Lord. I mean, it's not that it's produced it, but the Bible says that God dwells in the midst of the praise of his people. That's where God shows up and does mighty things. Amen. The first question that has to be asked is, can you trust God? Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that he is powerful enough? Do you believe that the situation is too far gone or too difficult for God? The first question, in order for you to receive what God wants you to receive, complete deliverance. Some of you are sick and tired, messing with the same thing you've been messing with for a long time. And God's ready to give you deliverance. But I've got to ask you a question today. The first question is, do you believe that God is able? Can you trust God? Can you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that the situation is manageable through the power of Jesus Christ? That it's something that God can deliver, that God can help you with, that God can minister through and minister to. I wonder if you believe that your God is the great God that we actually pretend and, and say and declare that He is. Come on, do we really worship the great living God? Is He really all-powerful? Is there really nothing named that has ever been named that is greater than the name of Jesus Christ? The first question is, do you trust God? And Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, first of all, you've got to put your trust in me. You've got to believe that God is able. Amen? Hallelujah. If you don't think that God's able, then you're not going to receive what you need to from God. If you think the situation is too big for God, then you might as well check up, pack your things, and head out the door because I don't have anything for you today. But if you believe that God is able, if you can trust God for whatever it is that is situation in your life if you can put your trust in jesus christ that's the first thing that god needs to know from you is can you trust me god's saying today can you trust me do you believe that i'm real do you believe that i'm all powerful do you believe that i'm the first and the last the beginning and the ending altogether lovely do you believe that i am able i'm wondering today can you trust god in this house can you trust god in this house for whatever it is that you need in your life can you put your trust in jesus the second question was wrapped up in the first question. The second question is, can God trust you? Because it's not all about what God can do, but it's all about can you do what you have to do? 
in order to receive what God has for you. See, if it was just about God, then everybody would just automatically receive deliverance. But the fact is, not everybody in the Bible received deliverance. Even during the time of Jesus, not everybody received deliverance. There were people that saw Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I believe there were people that saw Jesus that were oppressed and possessed with spirits that did not get deliverance. And there were people that saw Jesus who had sicknesses and diseases and problems in their body that did not receive the deliverance that they needed to from God because they could not answer these two questions. Number one, can you trust Jesus? But number two, can Jesus put his trust in you. You say, what do you mean? Does God have to trust me? The point is the only way that you can tap into God's supernatural power is through faith. And when you look at the Old Testament and when you look at the New Testament, it was always God was going to wait and see if you would make your faith manifest, if you would make your faith visible. That's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus was really, really cool because wherever Jesus went, he could see all things. He could look at every person and see their heart. He could look at every person and see their motives. He could look at every person and see like a, a, a panorama of their life, every event, everything that they'd ever done, just right at his fingertips. You know why? Because he's God and God's omniscient. That means he knows everything. Amen. Did you realize that? That God knows every thought that you think. God knows every place that you go, everything that you do. God is omniscient. Jesus was omniscient. So that means he could have walked around and could have simply used his divine x-ray vision to look into the heart of every individual and determine, well, that person has faith. That person believes in me. That person is willing to trust me. That person believes that I have power. But that's not the way that I see Jesus operate. Jesus came into a setting and sat back and said, Now let me ask you, can I trust you? Can you show me your faith? Because the ones that Jesus that received what they needed to from the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament from God and the New Testament from Jesus Christ were the ones that first of all made visible, made manifest their faith. They made it clear to God that they believed in God. They made it clear that they wanted to receive something from God. You know, there's something in the heart of those that God can trust that pursues after Him. It's not just sitting back in neutral, but it's like, God, I want you. I desire you. I'm going to reach out for you. You remember the story? You remember the story in Scripture of the four men that had a, had a, a friend that was sick and uh, had palsy and couldn't get up and couldn't walk and he was uh, bed fast and so they believed that Jesus was able to work the miracle for them and the Bible says that they took this man in the bed and they brought him to the house some of you have heard this story dozens of times maybe even hundreds of times uh, but they brought the bed to the house and when they got to the house it was so full because everybody was sitting inside listening to Jesus teach all these doctors of the law all these professors and really smart biblically literate people were sitting around listening to Jesus let me just give you a little side note here. You know, there's too many places on a Sunday morning where people can go and listen to words about God. But there's not too many places where you can go and encounter God. You hear what I'm talking about? God wants to show up. There's been enough dialogue, okay? There's been enough talking and you go to places where it's very, very dry and there's not an environment or an atmosphere where the spirit can move. I'm not trying to be critical here, but I'm telling you why what's happening here today is happening. Because we didn't come here today to talk about God alone, but we've come here today to expect that we would encounter his power and his presence. He's not just something to dialogue about. He's not just some story in some dusty book that we dust out and begin to talk about, but he is a living God who if he worked in the New Testament church, he wants to work in this church and if he worked miracles for people as he walked the earth Jesus still wants to work miracles in this place today I'm telling you right now that if you have faith to believe God if you can trust God and you can make it known to the Lord I believe Lord Jesus that you're able and I believe that you want to give me the deliverance the miracle and the healing that I'm hungry for then God's willing to show up doesn't matter what names out on the front of the church doesn't matter what denomination you're a part of if people will stand up and declare we believe that God's going to show up in this place and he's going to show his mercy he's going to show his might and we step back and let him do it God will show up we can have an encounter with God so the doctors of the law the professors the biblically literate 
people were sitting in there discussing the points of the law. They were dialoguing about the Holy Scripture. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Bible says in that same story that the power of God was present to heal them. The Bible says God was ready to do a work. And they were too busy dialoguing about the living holy word of God. Too much talk and not enough action. Come on, you hear what I'm talking about? Too much talk and not enough action. And I believe that's, that's a, a kind of a synopsis of the church world today. Too much talk, not enough action. People come talk about the Word of God or listen to messages about the Word of God and leave the same way that they came. But the Bible says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That there ought to be a change that happens. That's why the church ought to look different, ought to act different than the rest of the world. As we're being transformed by the Word of God. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of people walking through these doors and leaving the same way that they came. Still dealing with the same sins, uh, still dealing with the same oppression, still, still dealing with the same pains and aches. Uh, through the power of God, I believe He's ready to show up and show out. Uh, but He's asking today, can you trust me? Can you trust me first of all? Those gentlemen that had the men in the bed couldn't get in because there was too much discussion. Too many people gathered together just to dialogue about the Word. And they couldn't get in. They were fascinated with Jesus because of His answers. He's ready to heal and do miracles. So you know the story. These awesome men of faith who we don't even know their names. But they got up on the roof. Remember the story? And they began to take the shingles or the tiling the tiling off of the roof and the plaster. And right in the middle of this house, it's an awesome story because these men are discussing and dialoguing about the Word of God. In the meantime, Jesus is in their midst. And all of a sudden, little dust, plaster begins to fall. There's a sound of pounding. No no, uh, doubt many of their attention was riveted to what was happening overhead as the plaster And the building material and the wood and various parts begin to fall down into their midst. And they're like, what in the world is going on? I wonder what would happen. One of these churches down the the road around the corner, right in the middle of a church service, somebody started tearing a roof in in the church. But you're messing up my sermon. See, that's the way some people are to when God begins to move. Hey, we got a plan. we got a program. Sister Sarah and I worked for two hours getting everything lined out for this service. And God, you got to come in and mess it up. You know what I'm talking about? We get so stuck in our routine. We think our ideas are so important and what we're doing is so important that we're going to trump whatever God wants to do. I'm sorry. But when people of faith begin to show their faith, begin to answer that second question, God says, can I trust you to have faith? Can I trust you to lift up your voice? Can I trust you to tear the roof off of doubt? Can I trust you to believe me that whatever, that I'm going to do it? told the whole story to to bring down to this nugget right here. The Bible says that they let the man down with ropes right into the midst there where Jesus was. Are you going to crowd the door on us? We'll come through the roof. We're going to find a way. We're going to find a way. It's not enough for me just to trust God. I got to find a way. I've got to pursue after him. I've got to get down to business with him. I've got to get into his presence. Amen. I've got to get into that place. Amen. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She could have stood on the outskirts of the crowd and trusted in God all day long. But she decided to answer the second question. And that is she was going to show her faith to the Lord. The point is, as they lowered this man down into the midst, the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith. Did you hear me? When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, first of all, thy sins be forgiven thee. He dealt, first of all, with the spiritual issue before he dealt with the health issue. 
They came to get this man healed. God says, I'm going to take care of the sin in his life first. God wants to take care of the sin in your life and give you deliverance so you can walk out of here changed through the power of the Holy Ghost. And after the Lord said, thy sins be forgiven thee, he said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and walk. The Bible says he was healed that very moment, got up and rolled up his bed and walked out with the mouths of those teachers of the law, no doubt agape as they watched this man walk out with his miracle. The point of the story was there was something that Jesus saw that got his attention, that let him know, I can trust these guys. Not only are they trusting in me, but I can trust in them. I see something. Jesus did not see supernaturally their faith, but by their act of determination to do whatever it took to get into God's presence and get the attention of the master, it was a revelation that there was faith in them. When he saw their faith, he said to him, thy sins be forgiven thee and then take up thy bed and walk. When we come into the house of the Lord, there's a lot of people that are trusting God today. But the Lord is wondering, can I trust you to show me that there is faith? And I wonder if there's somebody in the house today that says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I believe, God, that you're able. And I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to lift up my heart. I'm going to cry out to you. I'm going to pursue after you. The psalmist said, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after you. I'm talking about the kind of faith in the heart of an individual that says, I'm going after Jesus. I got my fists clenched. My teeth are together. My jaw is set. And whatever it takes to get into the presence of the Lord. See, there's too many people that want to just kind of continue pursuing whatever things in life that are interesting to them and then pursue after Jesus just like one of their other hobbies for a few minutes while it's convenient. Jesus is wondering, can I trust you? Have you sold out? Have you put your heart on the line? Have you become a Jesus fanatic? Is there something inside of you that says, you take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take my money, take my car, mess with my family, but don't mess with my Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. That kind of faith will begin to manifest itself. That kind of faith will begin to be visible. Hallelujah. Jesus, whenever he healed somebody, almost every time, he said, go thy way, thy faith has made you. Go thy way, thy faith has made you whole. Because two questions were answered. And that was, can you trust me and can I trust you? And the way that you make your faith visible to the Lord Jesus Christ, the way that you uh, receive from Him what you need to receive, is you've got to make your faith known to Him. You've got to pursue after Him. You know what? I've seen a lot of people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I never yet see some, seen someone receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that wasn't seeking to receive it. In other words, the Holy Ghost doesn't sneak up on somebody and spook them. Hallelujah. You show God your faith first and your abandonment and your hunger and your passion for him. And God says, okay, I'll pour it out on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll pour it out on you, this glorious gift. Because in order to receive something from God, the first question is, can you trust God? And the second question is, hallelujah, can God trust you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes our five senses fight against us and work against us. Right? They, they are great evangelists against faith to keep us from receiving and believing what God has for us. But in the name of the Lord, sometimes you've got to take steps towards God that are senseless. They don't make sense. You can't figure them out with your five senses. Amen? But you say, God's real. I sense Him and I feel Him. And I believe God wants to do a miracle in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. I want you to raise your hands to the Lord right now. I believe God wants to minister in this place right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. I'm going to do what I feel.
in the name of the Lord. My sister here visiting with us first time today, but she said she wants to receive a miracle from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You can take the hand of your neighbor right there, precious sister. Hallelujah. And I want us to believe right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. By faith in the name of the Lord Jesus, we trust you because you're a miracle working God and nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Jesus, you know the need in this sister's life. And in the name of the Lord right now, we lay hands on her by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that according to the promises of your word, we're going to put it to you right now, Lord Jesus. You told us to do this, to lay hands on those that have needs and they would recover in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray, Lord God, that you would release healing power into her body right now, Lord God, to meet the need, the miracle, whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus, we trust you and we believe you for it. Come on, if you believe it right now, I want you to release your faith into the atmosphere. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. God, you're great and greatly to be praised. Nothing's too hard for you, Lord God. In the name of Come on, let's begin to thank the Lord for it right now. Hallelujah, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, raise your hands and just praise Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we worship and adore you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify and glorify you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I had you do this before. I don't think I've ever done it before since I've been a pastor here, but I'm going to do it twice in one service. I want you to turn to the person next to you right now, and I say, I want you to ask them, do you need a miracle from God, just like you did earlier? Do you need something from God today? Is there something that you need from God today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's anybody that says, yes, there's something that they need from God today, I want you to join your faith together with them right now. And we're going to minister in the flow of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. If there's somebody that wants to come up and pray, they can come up and pray. But we're going to continue flowing in what God is doing in this place right now. Come on, Christina, sing that song again. It says, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Oh, you hold my world in your hands. So nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you, God. You hold my world in your hands, so nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is For you hold my world in your hands. I believe that you're my healer. I believe that you are all I need. Oh, and I believe that you're my portion. I believe you're more than.
you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord. You hold my world in your hands, so nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Oh, you hold my world in your hands, and nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. Oh, I believe that you're my healer. Lord, I believe you are all I need. Oh, and I believe you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. Spirit of the Lord continues to minister in this place. But, uh, 
God's given us a tool that allows us to receive from Him and get His attention. And uh, it's not a super complex tool. It's a simple tool. It's first, first mentioned in Genesis chapter number 4. After God gave the child to Adam and Eve in place of Abel that had been slain, his child was named Seth. Seth had a child named Enos. And the Bible says, And then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. And this is the first scriptural reference to prayer. And uh, this week in our life groups, we're going to be talking about this tool that God has given to us to receive from God, to grow God to pursue after God. And the neat thing about it is is you don't have to have a degree to use it. You don't have to have a lot of biblical knowledge to use it. You, you don't have to have fancy grammar to use it. The Bible says, then begin men to call upon the name of the Lord. The language there is not just like, you know, just a, a casual conversation, but it's more about a passionate, heartfelt pursuit that expresses itself verbally. Oh God, we need you. When you look at the Hebrew word that's translated call in the name of the Lord. And God has given us this right, this privilege, and this opportunity. And this week in life groups, you can pull up the life group slide. Life groups, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, about prayer. And I want to just give you a little a little uh, segment of this so you'll know what, what, what we're going to be talking about. And it's not just about the subject of prayer, but about getting it into practice in our life. And uh, I, I said, the question is, God's going to ask, can I trust you? Are you pursuing after me? Are you showing your faith? And I think prayer is one of the greatest ways that this can happen. I want you just to pay attention just for a second to this. And uh, then we're going to talk about these important life groups and how you can be plugged in this week. All right, that's just a little a preview of what the life group is going to be about. Let me just stress something to you right now. That what happened here on Sunday at our connection service here on Sunday is wonderful where we connect to God. But you will not grow spiritually just by coming to a weekend worship service. This is just kind of a connection where we connect with God. But we believe and we have created these environments called life groups so that you can begin to move forward and can begin to grow spiritually. And we had our orientation session this week. If you missed it, uh, it was just an orientation. But this week begins our sessions of spiritual growth. And I wonder, just real quick, if you were in a life group this week, I want you to stand up if you made it to a life group this week. Everybody stand up if you made it to a life group. Look at this. A great number of people in Life Church made it to a life group this week. Amen. Look around. Okay, guys, you can be seated. Here's the deal. As your pastor, I am... Begging you, or begging is not a great, uh, the, the right word to use. I am imploring you. Imploring is a more fancy way to say begging. I am instructing you. I am exhorting you that uh, if you want to grow spiritually, get connected to a life group. Look at this list when they have in their, their uh, sessions. And uh, I want you to get connected with the leader and say, let me know when it's going to be. Make sure I'm on your list. Let me tell you, do whatever it takes not to miss your life group this week because these are content, very important content 
that's going to help you grow spiritually and you're going to be in an environment where you're going to encourage one another in these areas of spiritual growth. This week it's going to be on prayer. Next week it's going to be on the Word of God. And if you want to get your feet going in the right direction and get on track, you need to be in a life group. This is what we believe. We believe that at Life Group, you, at Life Church, you will not grow spiritually unless you're connected in a life group. You can come, you can feel God's presence, it can be awesome, but if you're going to grow, you need to get connected to a life group and commit yourself to it. Uh, so this week before you leave, I want you to make sure you fill this out. If you haven't, if you've already filled one out, don't fill it out again, it's not necessary. Uh, but they're happening all over kind of the San Gabriel area, San Gabriel Valley area. And uh, uh, we're, uh, these wonderful people have opened up their homes and they're doing leadership of these things. And uh, this is how we believe that it's going to happen. Can you do that for me? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I believe that God will bless you. I believe you'll be benefited by what happens. Now, it's not for us all to get together and tell, talk, 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 talk about how much we know about the Bible. But it's time for us just to get together and to encourage one another and to open up and let God minister to each and every one of us. And this week we're going to be talking to life groups. Each of you have an opportunity to tell if you maybe can start thinking about it. What's a time that God's answered a prayer for you in your life? A specific time where you needed something from God, you brought it to God, and the Lord answered your prayer. If you have something like that that you can uh, uh, present, we're going to talk about that. People are going to get to know each other better, and we're going to grow in our relationship with God, and we're going to grow in our relationship with each other. Amen. How many believe God's really moved in this place today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Brother Manny, I like you. you got a loud voice, and you believe what you say. Why don't you come up here? i got something for you. Let's rejoice with Brother Manny. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Manny, I've got a... Uh, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit of your testimony, what God delivered you from. Um, I was going to this church uh, somewhere in Ontario, and uh, it was dry. And uh, we made a decision as a family and just to look for a church. We don't want to be known as church hoppers. But um, we met a lady at a, at a Christian bookstore. Uh, her name was uh, Elizabeth um, Goss. And uh, she uh, mentioned this church. And we came on the 25th of January. And Pastor Brown was talking about um, being baptized like he was doing today. And I was baptized at that other church, but uh, I was empty still. And when he said something about baptism, um, I believe the Holy Spirit just just got me and convicted me, and I knew I had it to be done right. And um, I appreciate I appreciate it now that I am baptized in the name of Jesus. Manny was telling me how many months? Sixteen months ago. That. All right. Um. My background is just, I came from um, a, a bad neighborhood and um, drugs and alcohol and I was into pornography and lusting and I met uh, Christina and she um, just told me that I needed to be, that I was a dead man walking and if I didn't I get right with the Lord, uh, that I was just going to, I was a lost soul. But uh, I gave my life to the Lord on uh on the 17th of uh, October, and uh, and then on October 5th, I go back to October 5th, um, I asked the Lord if he could take the urges of my addictions, drugs, and alcohol, and pornography, and that same day, October 5th, he took that away from me. I never had any cravings for drugs or alcohol. So I have 16 months today. Yesterday, I completed 16 months from him taking that away from me. Praise God. Amen. 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 We're excited about what the Lord Jesus is doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to remind you too. Just a moment. Our ushers are going to serve you and give an opportunity to give. Give you an opportunity to give as the Lord has blessed you. Amen. And I want to remind you that the Word of God uh, it uh, clearly declares that we are to bring our first fruits to the Lord uh, to show that we really love him and we're really committed we're really serving him the first tenth of all that god blesses us with belongs to the lord and it's holy and at life church we practice tithes and offerings and uh, uh because the word of god commands us to do so and it's how the kingdom of god moves forward and remember we're not having 
midweek services. Everybody, just a little business here. We're not having midweek services at Life Church. We're having life groups, and there are no to be no offerings taken up in the life groups. It's just a little complicated if we do that. And uh, so each time you come to the house of the Lord on the weekend, just like the Bible says, the Bible says, set aside every week to bring to the Lord in proportion to what you have earned. So tithes and offerings are very, very important, and uh, they are a sign of your spiritual maturity. Amen. And they're how you stay connected to God's plan financially for your life. So I want to encourage you to stay faithful with your tithes and offerings. You say, well, the times are tough right now. All the more reason to stay faithful with your tithes and offerings. <laughs> Somebody told me this week, uh, it was kind of funny, but, but it, it, it was kind of fitting. It says uh, there's an acronym for the word debt. If any of you struggle with debt, there's an acronym, uh, acronym for debt, and it is doing everything but tithing. Doing everything but tithing, and that's where some people are. They'll they'll spend wherever wherever whatever comes up, but but uh, uh, and, and just controlled by their urges or their lust or their impulses. But they're not putting the kingdom of God first. But when you put God first in your life, His blessings and favor will show up in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so in my life, uh, some time ago, many years ago, we made a decision. I made a decision, and my wife, when we were married, we concurred that the first 10% of everything that we make, we would give to the Lord uh, as our tithes because it's required. And then above that, the next 5% that we made goes to the Lord in offerings. That's above and beyond. That's not required, but that's something from our heart that we give. That's when you really start giving. You know what I'm saying? The first 10% is just giving the Lord back uh, hit what is rightfully His according to Scripture. But anything you do above and beyond that is when you really stretch and begin to give. And so I want to remind you of that. Be faithful in tithes and offerings on Sunday. Bring something intentionally. Uh, I, I remember somebody preaching this one time. It was so memorable and funny to me that uh, when you come to the house of the Lord, don't just show up and, and act surprised when it's offering time. Oh, I didn't know they were going to take up an offering. See, you should set aside and be ready and come as part of your worship to give to the Lord. Because guess what? In the Old Testament, when they brought an offering, it was in the form of a lamb or a turtle dove or, 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 or a portion of their crops or some of their livestock. And so you, you wouldn't get to church and they get ready for the offering time in the Old Testament. And you're like, I wonder if I have a lamb in my pocket somewhere. You know, you made plans and, and you set it aside. And so this is the way uh, that uh, you can... Uh, do it intentionally to have God's favor on your life. Just like you pay your rent and just like you pay your house payment, uh, you do it intentionally, you set it aside. Well, if you really practice first fruits, then this comes first even before that in importance. And then you know that God has really in rightful place in your life because you put Him first. Amen? In the Living Bible, in Deuteronomy, uh, there's one verse of Scripture that says, the purpose of tithing is to show that God has first place in my life. The purpose of tithing. So I want you to stand together. We're going to give an offering to the Lord. We'd like for our ushers to come forward. Amen. And uh, we're going to pray that God would bless. Come on up, praise team. Let's worship the Lord. I know this service is all upside down, backwards and sideways, but that's all right. We're following the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sister Jackie, can you help us get our baptism? candidate ready for baptism. We're going to have a baptism here in just a moment in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for being so good to us, for ministering to us, Lord, and working through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would bless this offering, Lord God, every gift that is given, Lord God, and every person that gives, Jesus, we know that you will provide for them, Lord God. Hallelujah. Make that gas go an extra extra mile, Lord Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Make their car go longer than it should, Lord Jesus. Uh, bless their house and favor their household. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's praise Him. Rise, I'm gonna praise his name. Sunset, I'm gonna praise his name.
praise him. Sunset, I'm gonna praise him. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. All right, we're going to have a baptism here in just a moment for Sister Daphne, who God is filled with the Holy Spirit already. We rejoice for that. And then guess what? We're going to sing this same song again. Let me give you a little instruction on singing this song. What I'd like for us to do is I'd like for everybody just to move a little bit. I write in. You say, why, Pastor Brown? Because you want to get your groove on. Amen. It's always fun to get your groove on. But the reality is the word that's translated in the English as praise from the Old Testament. It comes from several different Hebrew words. But every single Hebrew word that's translated praise or worship is a motion word. It's a motion verb. So there's no such thing as praise 
that is not expressed through motion. So if you want to, when we sing this song again, if you want to just sway to the music, if you want to groove, if you want to move your feet back and forth, but we're going to move a little bit. And you may, you may be like Pastor Brown. You may have the white man disease, which means you don't have any rhythm. And, and all you can do is move your finger. Just move something, all right? We're going to praise the Lord together. We're excited about what Daphne, the decision that she's made. We're going to say a word of prayer for her. And Brother Donnie's going to baptize her in Jesus' name. Glad to have some of her family members here with us today. God bless you. Thanks for coming. We believe God is going to continue to bless this family. Amen. And uh, this is another family. Uh, Sister uh, uh, Doss. What is Elizabeth, Elizabeth, this is an extension, an extension, extension of Elizabeth being here and uh, also uh, Christine, her mother, and, and Manny. And, and uh, this lady's filled up a couple pews at Life Church and she lives in Dallas. Amen. We got excuses why we can't win somebody to the Lord. Amen. But we're thankful for that. And uh, God filled Daphne with the Holy Ghost. We're excited about that. Let's pray for her right now. Brother Donnie, lead us in. Father, we thank you for your awesome presence that we feel today, God, at Life Church. We pray for this young lady this afternoon, God, that you would minister to her, God, and that you would use her for your glory, God. We thank you, God, for the clean slate that you have given her this afternoon, God, through your precious blood. God, we pray, God, that you just use her, God. Be with her, God. Jesus, let her see your glory and your power, God, for your kingdom, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I told this young lady before we back, before she came into the tank or as she was getting into the tank that God is giving her a brand new beginning. Amen. That God is going to wipe the clay clean today. Amen. Every transgression, every sin that she's ever committed is going to be washed away in baptism. Amen. So let's just rejoice with her as we baptize her. Daphne Hara that you've repented of your sins and that God has already filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Sunrise, I'm going to praise his name. Sunset, I'm going to praise his name. Sunrise, I'm going to praise his name. Come on, praise him.
the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice with Daphne right now. Come on, let's celebrate what the Lord Jesus has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And just for your information, if you have a desire to take a step of faith toward the Lord, the first step is to repent of your sins and give your life to the Lord Jesus. The next step is that you would be baptized in water, just like Daphne was, in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for the remission of your sins. Here's a good image. Your sins are like a disease that just attack your body, your spirit, rather than your body. It's like a disease that destroys your morality and undoes everything that God originally had planned for your life. But the water baptism in Jesus' name, the power of the name of Jesus has the power to put those sins into remission. Just like when cancer goes into remission, what happens is not growing anymore. It's shriveling up and dying and its influence is finished. The same is true of your sins in the waters of baptism because of the power of Jesus' name. Amen. The name of Jesus is the name that is called if you want deliverance from evil spirits. The name of Jesus is the name that's called if you want healing. You don't go pray for somebody and say, I pray that you would touch and heal this body in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know why? First of all, because those aren't names. Those are titles. There's only one name that's given, and the name is Jesus, and the name has power. And so I encourage you, if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, come see me, see Brother Donnie, see our head usher, Brother Chet, and they will... uh, uh, Make sure that the arrangements are are made and we'll baptize you in the precious name of Jesus. And then the Bible promises that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our last two uh, water baptisms had happened after somebody received the Holy Spirit. And that's fine as well. If you've already received the Holy Spirit but you weren't baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible, it gives us a clear mandate, Acts chapter 10, where the Holy Spirit was poured out but they hadn't been baptized in water in Jesus' name yet. And the the apostle uh, Peter commanded them to be baptized in in Jesus' name, in water. So even if you've already received the Holy Spirit, even if you were baptized or confirmed as a baby, you need to be baptized as a choice according to your faith in Jesus' name, in water. Praise God. And we would love to baptize you. Hallelujah. We're going to leave here in just a second rejoicing at what God has done. Make sure you connect with your leader, life group leader, if you haven't connected yet. And the life group leaders uh, will will have a little uh, time downstairs where they can uh, wrap up some things and and get forms taken care of. We're just starting out. We're looking forward to a great time in life groups this time. And then the next session of life groups, our next semester, we're going to take six weeks off. And we're going to have midweek service during those six weeks. May even be in a revival during that time. And then we'll go back to another semester of life groups. And we believe that it's going to uh, foster spiritual growth among life church. Just some quick announcements. This, this service is so crazy, we're going to end on announcements. But uh, uh, just a couple of announcements. First of all, our SALT meeting today from 5 to 6 is just for greeters and ushers. So if you don't serve in those two capacities, you're not required or expected or asked to be at the SALT meeting. You can come if you want, but it is, of course, for ushers and greeters, and we'll be focusing specifically on that. And there is a, uh, a choir practice at 3.30 today. Uh, from 3.30 until the time that SALT meeting begins. And uh, also, uh, we're so uh, glad that uh, Sister Raquel's father is here with us. God bless you. And we want to be a strength to this family. He just lost his wife last week. Raquel lost her mother. So we want to continue to pray for them. And the viewing will be Monday. That's tomorrow from 6.30 to 8 at Oakdale Memorial in Glendora. Is that correct? And also the the funeral service will be from 11 to noon at the same location on Tuesday, on Tuesday. Also, uh, I just wanted to share this with you. I'm really excited about it, Um, and that is our children's ministry. God has given us fresh vision uh, uh, from the pastor. From God gave it to the shepherd to put a priority and a focus on children's ministry at Life Church. And uh, we're kicking off a program called Life Kids. That's what our children's ministry is going to be called from March the 1st on. And on Sunday, March the 1st, you're going to get a little taste upstairs of what Life Kids is going to be about. And the change that's happening is, number one, we're going to no longer have a fellowship hall at Life Church. But our former fellowship hall is going to be dedicated exclusively to Life Kids ministry. And they're going to decorate it and make it look really cool and have it really exciting for the young people. And and they will also be having children's ministry from noon to 2. That means all the time that our worship service is having upstairs, there will be children's ministry happening downstairs. It will be, first of all, a Sunday school type setting where they will be learning. 
and then they're going to have church downstairs. And we believe that kids are going to receive the Holy Ghost and, and Life Kids worship service downstairs. And uh, so we're really excited about that. And there's going to be some uh, work that's going into preparing. There already has Sister Brown and Sarah and myself and some of the other ladies. But the, the three of us in particular have very sore backs today uh, because we worked for several hours pulling up all the tile downstairs and uh it's going to be really really cool we're excited about that and uh, uh and then the first sunday of each month there will not be children's ministry downstairs but it's going to be family sunday everybody's going to be upstairs for the first sunday of every month so that's the new uh, going to be the new schedule starting march the first and we just believe i told the sunday school uh the children's ministry staff or it's going to be called life kids staff i told them i want that basement full of I want it to be full of children, full of children that are excited and bringing other people. And uh, that's the way it ought to be. Don't you believe that? Amen. There's going to be excitement upstairs, the move of the Spirit, and excitement downstairs with teaching and the move of the Spirit. And also Los Angeles College of Ministry, the new uh, module starts tomorrow night. And so it's $100 for the two classes. The two classes go five weeks, and they run back-to-back -back from 7 until 10 on Monday nights, and uh, Brother Arrowwood from uh, Van Nuys is going to be teaching Hebrews, and Pastor Tom Koppel from Spirit and Truth in Orange is going to be teaching Shape for Ministry. These will be great classes, and uh, if you have any questions, you can see me. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Amen. Make sure you make it to your life group this week. If you haven't signed up for one, make sure you sign up for one. God bless you and favor you. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Let's clap our hands in praise to the Lord.